Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd. We have just completed the observance and celebration of Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to the next feast, which is Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count that takes you up to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot, or Pentecost. This 50-day countdown to Shavuot is known as the counting of the Omer. The giving of the Torah happened at Shavuot exactly 50 days after the children of Israel left Egypt. A few thousand years later, on the exact same day, Shavuot, Yeshua's followers, gathered in the upper room for a prayer meeting. On Shavuot, also known as Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out in great power with a mighty wind and tongues of flames. So, on Shavuot, we have the giving of the Torah written on tablets of stone, and then a few thousand years later, the Torah was written upon hearts of flesh, as it is written in Ezekiel 36, 25-27. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. The counting of the Omer begins on the second night of Passover. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year, Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th, and ends at sundown on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kidshanu Mitzvotav Zivanu Al-Safirat HaOmer Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. After the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad Laomer. Today is the 17th day of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kedushim, and it means holy. Leviticus 19:21 to 37 
The man, however, must bring a ram as a guilt offering and present it to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then purify him before the Lord with the ram of the guilt offering, and the man's sin will be forgiven. When you enter the land and plant fruit trees, leave the fruit unharvested for the first three years and consider it forbidden. Do not eat it. In the fourth year, the entire crop must be consecrated to the Lord as a celebration of praise. Finally, in the fifth year, you may eat the fruit. If you follow this pattern, your harvest will increase. I am the Lord your God. Do not eat meat that has not been drained of its blood. Do not practice fortune-telling or witchcraft. Do not trim off the hair on your temples or trim your beards. Do not cut your bodies for the dead, and do not mark your skin with tattoos. I am the Lord. Do not defile your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will be filled with prostitution and wickedness. Keep my Sabbath days of rest, and show reverence toward my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord your God. Stand up in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the aged. Fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or volume. Your scales and weights must be accurate. Your containers for measuring dry materials or liquids must be accurate. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You must be careful to keep all of my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. I am the Lord. Judges 17.1-18.31 There was a man named Micah who lived in the hill country of Ephraim. One day he said to his mother, I heard you place a curse on the person who stole 1,100 pieces of silver from you. Well, I have the money. I was the one who took it. The Lord bless you for admitting it, his mother replied. He returned the money to her, and she said, I now dedicate these silver coins to the Lord. In honor of my son, I will have an image carved and an idol cast. So when he returned the money to his mother, she took two hundred silver coins and gave them to a silversmith, who made them into an image and an idol, and these were placed in Micah's house. Micah set up a shrine for the idol, and he made a sacred ephod and some household idols. Then he installed one of his sons as his personal priest. In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. One day a young Levite who had been living in Bethlehem in Judah arrived in that area. He had left Bethlehem in search of another place to live, and as he traveled he came to the hill country of Ephraim. He happened to stop at Micah's house as he was traveling through. "'Where are you from?' Micah asked him. 
He replied, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am looking for a place to live. Stay here with me, Micah said, and you can be a father and priest to me. I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, plus a change of clothes and your food. The Levite agreed to this, and the young man became like one of Micah's sons. So Micah installed the Levite as his personal priest, and he lived in Micah's house. I know the Lord will bless me now, Micah said, because I have a Levite serving as my priest. Now in those days Israel had no king, and the tribe of Dan was trying to find a place where they could settle, for they had not yet moved into the land assigned to them when the land was divided among the tribes of Israel. So the men of Dan chose from their clans five capable warriors from the towns of Zorah and Eshtael to scout out the land for them to settle in. When these warriors arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, they came to Micah's house and spent the night there. While at Micah's house they recognized the young Levite's accent, so they went over and asked him, Who brought you here, and what are you doing in this place? Why are you here? He told them about his agreement with Micah, and that he had been hired as Micah's personal priest. Then they said, Ask God whether or not our journey will be successful. Go in peace, the priest replied, for the Lord is watching over your journey. So the five men went on to the town of Laish, where they noticed the people living carefree lives like the Sidonians. They were peaceful and secure. The people were also wealthy because their land was very fertile, and they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. When the men returned to Zorah and Eshtael, their relatives asked them, What did you find? The men replied, Come on, let's attack them. We have seen the land, and it is very good. What are you waiting for? Don't hesitate to go and take possession of it. When you get there, you will find people living carefree lives. God has given us a spacious and fertile land, lacking in nothing. So six hundred men from the tribe of Dan, armed with weapons of war, set out from Zorah and Eshtael. They camped at a place west of Kiriath-Jerim in Judah, which is called Mahanadan to this day. Then they went on from there into the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. The five men who had scouted out the land around Laish explained to the others, These buildings contain a sacred ephod as well as some household idols, a carved image, and a cast idol. What do you think you should do? Then the five men turned off the road and went over to Micah's house where the young Levite lived and greeted him kindly. As the six hundred armed warriors from the tribe of Dan stood at the entrance of the gate, the five scouts entered the shrine and removed the carved image, the sacred ephod, the household idols, and the cast idol. Meanwhile, the priest was standing at the gate with the six hundred armed warriors. When the priest saw the men carrying all the sacred objects out of Micah's shrine, he said, What are you doing? Be quiet and come with us, they said. Be a father and priest to all of us. Isn't it better to be a priest for an entire tribe and clan of Israel than for the household of just one man? The young priest was quite happy to go with them, so he took along the sacred ephod, the household idols, and the carved image. They turned and started on their way again, placing their children, livestock, and possessions in front of them. When the people from the tribe of Dan were quite a distance from Micah's house, 
the people who lived near Micah came chasing after them. They were shouting as they caught up with them. The men of Dan turned around and said to Micah, What's the matter? Why have you called these men together and chased after us like this? What do you mean, what's the matter? Micah replied. You've taken away all the gods I have made, and my priest, and I will have nothing left. The men of Dan said, Watch what you say. There are some short-tempered men around here who might get angry and kill you and your family. So the men of Dan continued on their way. When Micah saw that there were too many of them for him to attack, he turned around and went home. Then with Micah's idols and his priests, the men of Dan came to the town of Laish, whose people were peaceful and secure. They attacked with swords and burned the town to the ground. There was no one to rescue the people, for they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. This happened in the valley near Beth Rehob. Then the people of the tribe of Dan rebuilt the town and lived there. They renamed the town Dan after their ancestor, Israel's son. But it had originally been called Laish. Then they set up the carved image, and they appointed Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, as their priest. This family continued as priests for the tribe of Dan until the exile. So Micah's carved image was worshipped by the tribe of Dan as long as the tabernacle of God remained at Shiloh. John 3, 1-21 There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark, one evening, he came to speak with Yeshua. Rabbi, he said, We all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Yeshua replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Yeshua replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Yeshua replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. 
There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Psalm 104, 1-23 Let all that I am praise the Lord. O Lord my God, how great you are! You are robed with honor and majesty. You are dressed in a robe of light. You stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. You lay out the rafters of your home in the rain clouds. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride upon the wings of the wind. The winds are your messengers. Flames of fire are your servants. You place the world on its foundation so it would never be moved. You clothe the earth with floods of water water that covered even the mountains. At your command the water fled. At the sound of your thunder it hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed. Then you set a firm boundary for the seas, so they would never again cover the earth. You make springs pour water into the ravines, so streams gush down from the mountains. They provide water for all the animals, and the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds nest beside the streams and sing among the branches of the trees. You send rain on the mountains from your heavenly home, and you fill the earth with the fruit of your labor. You cause grass to grow for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food from the earth, wine to make them glad, olive oil to soothe their skin, and bread to give them strength. The trees of the Lord are well cared for, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, and the storks make their homes in the cypresses. High in the mountains live the wild goats, and the rocks form a refuge for the hyraxes. You made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to set. You send the darkness, and it becomes night, when all the forest animals prowl about. Then the young lions roar for their prey, stalking the food provided by God. At dawn they slink back into their dens to rest. Then people go off to their work, where they labor until evening. Proverbs 14, 20 and 21 The poor are despised even by their neighbors, while the rich have many friends. It is a sin to belittle one's neighbor, Blessed are those who help the poor. I'd like to speak to you today from the book of Judges, chapter 17 and 18. And these two chapters really give us a window, a good glimpse at the nature and the character of the people of the northern kingdom. And so this is after the kingdom split and... We have the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, and then we have the southern kingdom of Judah, which is the Jews. And so in 
these two chapters, we have a man by the name of Micah, and his mother steals a whole bunch of silver. Or no, Micah steals the silver, and then he gives the silver pieces to his mother, and she takes some of the silver and has an idol made out of it. And then they have this idol in their home, a household idol. So he sets up a shrine for this idol, and he makes a sacred ephod and some other household idols, and then he installed one of his sons as his personal priest. So what we see here is idol worship. And this was rampant throughout the northern kingdom. And then one day a Levite passes by, who had been living in Bethlehem, and he arrived in that area, and Micah recruits him to become his own personal priest, because after all, he's a Levite. So he's a priest for hire, and he's going to be the priest to Micah. But what we need to be thinking about and considering is what are the idols? of today. It's not necessarily a little statue sitting in somebody's living room on their coffee table, but we can have idols of the heart. Anything that we give our time and affection and attention and resources and energy to that's equal to or above God can become an idol of the heart. A person can become an idol, a spouse, a son or a daughter, a mother or a father, a job, a career can become an idol, material things such as a house, anything that we put our attention, labor, time, and affection to equal to or above God can become an idol, screens, spending time in front of screens, whether it's a phone screen or a computer screen or a TV screen, can most certainly become an idol, especially when huge amounts of time are spent in front of screens and little or no time is spent with the Father in prayer or in the Word. So, the people of the Northern Kingdom were into idolatry. In the next chapter, we see the the tribe of Dan, and they want to come in and possess their land that was allotted to them. And so they attack Micah and his household. They steal his household idols and his carved image. And then they recruit the Levitical priest who was working for Micah. And they say, why do you want to work just for one man? Why not just be the priest to an entire tribe, to our tribe, the tribe of Dan? And the Levite priest thinks, boy, that sounds pretty good. So he follows them. And then, of course, they attack this town burn it to the ground, and then they rebuild it, and it becomes their town. 
So what becomes, what's interesting to me, it, let me just read verse 27 and 28 of Judges chapter 18. Chapter 18, verses 27 and 28. Then with Micah's idols and his priest, the men of Dan came to the town of Laish, whose people were peaceful and secure. They attacked with swords and burned the town to the ground. There was no one to rescue the people, for they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. This happened in the valley near Beth Rehob. Then the people of the tribe of Dan rebuilt the town, and they lived there. And they renamed the town Dan after their ancestor Israel's son. But it had originally been called Laish. Now, this is what really caught my eye, verse 30. Then they set up the carved image, and they appointed Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, as their priest. This family continued as priests for the tribe of Dan until the exile. Okay, so Moses' grandson, Jonathan, is now the priest for the tribe of Dan, and they are into idol worship. They've set up some idols, including the idols that they stole from Micah's household. And so we have Moses, one of our great patriarchs, who gave us the Torah from Mount Sinai, and then Moses' son Gershom, and then Gershom's son, Moses' grandson Jonathan, is now ruling as a priest over the tribe of Dan, and they are steeped in idol worship. That's how quickly a family line can descend into moral depravity within two generations. This is why it is so important to raise up a child in the way they should go, so that when they are older they will not depart from it. We have lost the next generation. Many of them have wandered far, far away from the things of God. And if you have children or grandchildren who are not walking in the ways of the Lord, it's so important to be in prayer for them on a regular basis and um, in every way that you can, to be a light and an influence to them, to shine the light and the love of Yeshua into their lives, and to influence them in the things of God. It's, it's truly a deep spiritual battle, and we need to reclaim what has been lost, and intercede and stand in the gap, for our children and our grandchildren. And even in the days of Judges, the grandson of Moses, Jonathan, fell deeply into idol worship. And it's a big battle because we're steeped in our culture. We're immersed in our culture. And it's very difficult to fight against it. It's like a salmon going against the tide, against the stream. The current of the flow of the river has to fight against it and swim upstream against the current of the culture. And the culture, through the media, through Facebook and Twitter and video games and TV and all of that, 
the Common Core curriculum in the public schools is really programming and brainwashing people to go further down that path of depravity and darkness. So be an intercessor for your family. Stand in the gap. Be a shining light and a beacon of love to them. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>